Tony, so you own a few nightclubs, right, in Miami, I think. Are you going to be hosting any networking events that Artif and I could go to? I do know. All my things are exclusive, you know. You can't just hire any guy just come to a nightclub and just have fun time, you know. You need to know who you're talking about. Well, I'm not just any guy, you know. I'm apparently the man. I'm the sexy guy. I don't know about you, sexy or not sexy. I don't know who the hell well, you are. Well, hasn't told you, about, told you about me. I'm the sexy hey, guy. who the hell is this guy? Artif. You not come to my club, man. If I see you outside my club, you're going to get it, you know? Yeah, really? Okay, bring it on. Welcome to episode 32 of the Tailoring Talk Show with me, your host, Roberto Rivilla. I'm a bespoke tailor, menswear designer, and owner of Roberto Rivilla London Suit and Shirt Makers. This is the podcast where you drop in for the threads but often leave with something quite unexpected. If you haven't already, please, please support the show by subscribing. It's free. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'd really appreciate your feedback in the form of a rating and a review. Today, I'm joined by someone I always love spending time with. Dan, though, figures suggest that you love spending time with him too. He's fast becoming a tailoring talk regular, along with his alter ego, Tony Montana. He's the owner of Zebra Home Cinema, the go-to guy for all your high-end audio and visual home entertainment needs. Yes, it is the sound doctor, Dr. Artif Gafar. Artif, how are you? I'm very well. I feel so honoured. This is the fourth podcast we're doing together, uh, and I I feel like I'm wanted. Yeah, you've been on over 10% of episodes. (laughs) That's crazy. It is, it is. Uh, and we, we've done, I mean, we've spent quite a bit of time together. We've gone we've gone on some um, really cool excursions. Um, and obviously we're going to talk about what we've been uh, doing recently, but over to you. Yeah, well, we, I think last episode we were talk, that we were together, we were talking about our networking misadventures <laughs> back in early December, late November. Um, and just to refresh... Uh, the memory of our listeners, basically, I'm not a networking type person. Artif thought that I did because for some reason he thinks I'm like such a cool dude. And uh, we ended up at a lovely art gallery and it was a hosted event. And I basically didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to look at the pictures. Um, so, uh, yeah, there we go. But since then, I had... So last episode, I had... An amazing guest, Tyler Foley, who was a former actor. I, actually, he is still acting because he's got a new gig starting uh, next month. Um, but for all intents and purposes, former actor, Hollywood stuntman, uh, turned entrepreneur and coach. And Tyler, that episode I really enjoyed so much. And I've actually already listened back to it twice, plus obviously editing. And I'm going to listen to it again. And it's it's just one of those great podcast episodes where you just feel like 
you need to have a pen and paper and you want to make notes because there was just so much value in it. Which also begs a question as to, you know, how much value people get out of the episodes we've done together because, you know. Anyway, sorry. Um, but you you listened to it almost after it, it went out and messaged me right away. So you really had a good time with it, didn't oh, you? I've got to say, I think to date, that's probably my favourite podcast I've, I've heard. Um, the interview was brilliant. Uh, and Tyler, um, just the way he speaks, his dynamism and his incredible experience um, and you know, just when you think you've you've heard all of it and you've really absorbed all of it, suddenly we start talking about his role as a stuntman and falling out of um, yeah windows twenty feet up and things, and you're thinking this is just brilliant. Um, let's not try this at home, but it's still absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's the I mean to to be fair, we could have actually done with that episode before we went to that event. Um, but I think you obviously took a lot away from it from, you know, in terms of the presenting yourself, having an impact when you're meeting people for the first time, how to connect with people and so on. So, um, so this actually, so, so we had, I, I wanted to just talk about some events that we've both been involved with recently. I mean, you've been to a few things, haven't you? Looking at your Instagram stories and so on. So you've had a few awards and so on. What have you been up to? So, I mean, my brother-in-law, um, he tends to go to a lot of awards events. You know, he's, he's um, quite a uh, an ambitious and well-established business person in Birmingham. So he runs a motor server UK, which sells cars and they do car servicing. Um, and he's very well-established in the, in the community. So it's really through him that I was invited to quite a few networking events. And then off, I went off on my own trying, trying to seek out um what sort of things are going on in london and and i joined um a small world uh, networking group um and i'm always trying to sort of seek events where there's all a, always a potential of meeting like-minded individuals or, or people who may have a similar client base to myself um it doesn't always go as successfully as i as i plan or i don't always meet the sort of people i'm trying to meet but I think there's a, there's a balance in terms of expectations and managing sort of disappointment, if you want to call it that. Um, but after hearing um, the podcast with you and Tyler, I think if I'd been armed with that sort of knowledge, um, I probably would have planned my networking events sort of a lot more strategically and got a lot a lot more out of them and avoided certain, um, how can we put it, awkward situations or, or maybe made more of... A particular event than I had done but that was incredibly useful and for anyone who's looking to go to sort of networking events I, I highly recommend that you listen to the podcast between Tyler and yourself uh, it's invaluable information yeah totally I mean Tyler does talk about intent and when you're invited to an event or you're looking to go to an event it's kind of knowing really what you're going to get out of it and it's always good to have some intelligence beforehand about the type of people that are going to be there and so on. So um, I want to talk about three events in particular. So one that I missed, one that we both went to, <laughs> and then one that you missed. Um, so first of all, you were going to a a small world event that was being held at the Bulgari Hotel in Knightsbridge. And I I was down to go to that with you, but unfortunately, the lead up to that, I think it took place on a Thursday mm -hmm. night and the Wednesday I 
I had worked from four in the morning all the way through till near 10.30 at night. And then on the Thursday, I had a very, very early start as well. And I was just absolutely exhausted. I was completely running to the ground. And I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to... I mean, to give you an idea, on the Wednesday evening, my last appointment was at a client's home in Hampstead. And I, I got I got there. It was raining. So I got there completely bedraggled on my Vespa, sort of dragged myself up Hampstead, uh, Heath Street, Hampstead Hill. Got into his his house, went up the stairs, and uh, and then I just collapsed on his sofa. And he felt so sorry for me. He just straight away ordered dinner for me because I hadn't eaten all day either. I'd grabbed like an energy bar or something running out of the house at four thirty in the morning. So I knew that going to a networking event when by the, at this time I'd still not spoken to Tyler yet. So I'm still Roberto from event that we went to in November very introverted doesn't want to talk to anybody all that kind of stuff and um yeah I just I I just I couldn't do it and I'm so sorry because I mean forget about who I might have met there I always love hanging out with you and and I've always wanted to see that place as well so anyway over to you how was it Um, so I'd heard about a small world through uh, a dear friend of mine uh, Vincent Corver from Zurich and he organizes quite a few um private events where he plays Steinway Sons piano and has three or four systems at home and organises private events for potential clients to come along. And he suggested that I, you know, I join this thing. And um, it seemed quite interesting where you can, depending where you are in the world, choose your city and then see what sort of events are taking place. And I think what I found initially quite interesting was there's plenty of... <laughs> So the reason I'll Sif's laughing, because I might have just cut that out, but we just had a massive bark. So once again, their 32 episode unbeaten run is still going. My flipping dogs have got involved. You know what? The, I'm so sorry. No, no, they've got personality. That was a big, that was a loud one, it was, wasn't it? What on earth is that? I thought you've got an earthquake going on. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, so saying. what was potentially interesting was, was the fact that a lot of these events are held in, um, you know, quite nice venues um, in and around London. Um, and I thought this was potentially be quite a good network, networking opportunity to meet the sort of individuals I, I want to connect with. Um, so I went with a, a bunch of friends and we'd organised dinner beforehand. Um, and again, it was one of those... I mean, the Bulgari Hotel's gorgeous. It, it was really, really nice. And, and they've got a private cinema downstairs, which I didn't get to see, but I would have loved to have um, taken a peek and, and see what all that was about. Um, but again, it's it quite a trendy, quite a cool place. And then, again, it's one of those awkward moments where sort of random people turn up. And, and on the app, you can actually see who's going. So you can sort of do a little bit of research and some diligence as to who's going to be there, who you'd like to try and meet. And then it's a bit of an awkward situation where you're thinking, you know, is that person on the app? And I don't quite recognise this person who's walked in and I'm not really sure. And again, it's one of those awkward moments where you just go to me, hello, I'm so-and-so. And so you end up just sort of talking to your friends. Um, luckily, I met a, a guy, a really cool guy. He's a lawyer uh, and is a, he's a musician called Colin Tyler. Um, I got chatting to him and then um, found out yeah, you know, that he writes his own songs. He's got his own studio. So I had a bit of banter with him, mm-hmm. um, and I I listened to some of his um, live streaming when he performs songs. Uh, and he's a great songwriter. Really, really like his stuff. And you know, one day I listened to his stuff on uh, the Steinway system at home. 
So meeting random folk like that can be quite interesting. But again, it, it's um, I think if it was a real trek into to drive two hours into London, do the networking event, have dinner, drive back, we shattered the next day. I think if you yeah, if you live in London um, and if you're looking for sort of new friends or to go on social activities, then I think it's it's probably a really really cool thing to do. Um, but otherwise, I think there's probably more practical sort of networking events that you can engage with. Um, so I think if you turned up, um, it would have been cool. Uh, you obviously would have dressed very well and we would have had a bit of banter and a few laughs. But then I probably would have organised that privately with you anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I uh, Yeah, because I did do my homework beforehand as well. And I just sort of pinned a couple of people whose profiles look quite interesting that I thought I might want to connect with and talk to. But um, it, I think the environment has got to be kind of set up in that way as well. And if it's kind of like, it, it sounds like it felt like you kind of turned up to someone else's party that you were kind of loosely invited to and it was a little bit orcs. <laughs> That's a very, Awkward, very I mean. good way of describing it. <laughs> Any Lord of the Rings fans think I'm talking about orcs, but I'm not. I mean, awkward. Um. So, yeah. Okay. So then we both went to, so last, just this last week. So we're recording on the 27th of February, 2022. Uh, it's a Sunday. So on Thursday, Wednesday evening, we met up in Marlebone and we went to, uh, we went to Steinway Hall in Marlebone Lane, which is where they have all of Steinway basically have their piano showroom and their demo room and so on. And I have walked, I was really excited because I built my business in and around that Marlebone area. And over the last nearly 20 years, I know I don't look that old. Um, I have walked past that place almost every single day, but I've never, ever been in. So it was kind of an honor to sort of step through the doors onto that hallowed turf. And I mean, those their Steinway pianos are beautiful. Never mind the sound that they make they're you know they're, they're just pieces of art um and that translates into the stuff that they've done with Lingdorf audio with the Steinway Lingdorf um speaker systems which again are you know some of the most beautiful pieces of technical kit that I think exist on planet earth um so the event was uh, centered around Vincent Corver, your friend from Zurich, who's a pianist, he's a musician, a composer. Um, I think it's fair to say he's not, although he's probably classically trained, he's not a classical pianist. He's very experimental. And the event was hosted by Steinway, Lingdorf Audio and um, Samsung UK. So they had a whopping great big 8K television screen, uh, which had like a time-lapse video that had been put together for this of different lands, beautiful landscapes around the world. And then Vincent was going to be playing um, on a Steinway piano that he had already sort of put in some sort of composition before and the thing could play itself. And then he was going to be playing on top of that. So he was effectively playing with four hands. And this was then piped through a Steinway Lingdorf model O D A C F D. See, I was right. And uh, <laughs> I can never remember which ones are which. <laughs> but they're the really big, I mean, these D things the are like six foot. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're really tall. They're how how they're, what are they like one point nine centimeters off the ground. Yeah, I mean, really, really big. Um, so yeah, so it was set to be a really interesting evening. Um, so we arrived. And I think I did all right that night. I think I was better there. It was a much smaller setting, though. Um, so I got to meet all everyone that had come over from Denmark from Lingdorf Audio. And then Peter Lingdorf himself was there, which was awesome. And and then I got to meet Vincent Corver, shook hands with him. He's really tall. Um, and I didn't even see him coming. It was like... So I got kind of talking to the Lingdorf guys... And that was quite easy for me to break the ice because I just started banging on about their systems and how excited I was about them and how much I loved them and then told them about that demo day that we did and how that episode was our most successful, most downloaded episode of Tailoring Talk ever. Um, And then Vincent kind of snuck up on me while I was talking to, uh, he's a composer, um, violinist, David Ramiel. I was talking to David Ramiel from Brussels and uh, Vincent Corver just snuck up behind me and sort of, you know, put a hand on my shoulder and then introduced himself. And I was like, oh, my God, you're like really tall. And uh, and he shook my hand. But then he shook my hand. And then as he was kind of greeting me and like he shook my hand and just held it really firmly. And then under normal circumstances... It, it went past the point of being uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? But then this really weird paradox happened where I was kind of like my British reservedness was getting uncomfortable with like the fact that my hand had been in his hand for like so long. But then it kind of morphed into I kind of didn't want to let his hand go. So... I'm recording this and Caroline has just walked past me and she's just given me the weirdest look. I think I'm going to get it after this. <laughs> Not get it. I'm going to... Anyway, God, this is going wrong. Um, I just got back from a run before recording this, okay? I'm tired. Um, but, so, yeah. And, and then I kind of didn't want him to ever let go. So I felt like I was gripping talent. Do you know what I mean? And I wanted some of it to transfer to me. because i'm not that talented am i um so yeah anyway and that was great and then uh yeah i met some other interesting people there as well um one of them's going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks okay Uh, nico Nico, the the uh co-founder for the The perfume company the the yeah yeah that's it the bespoke fragrances from switzerland the former banker so uh yeah he's 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 up for anything actually he's again this that sounded so wrong um (laughs) He, but he's going to be on the game. Caroline is just looking. At, sorry, this is this is the worst episode of Tailoring Talk ever already. I'm going to call it. Um, so he and we haven't even had Tony Montana on yet. Um, so um, yeah, it was a really really good evening. I had such an amazing time. How about you? Um, yeah, the, the evening was was quite extraordinary. It, it's one of those things that you mentioned before. You may see Steinway Sons pianos on TV or in films, um, and it's iconic. Um, but to actually walk into the showroom, it, it's one of those situations where you know you don't just walk into the Steinway Sons showroom and think, "Oh, I'm just going to have a bit of a you know play with the pianos and start." You, know, you just don't walk in and do that. Um, so to have the opportunity where you're invited by the the sales team 
where the CEO is present um, and you turn up and, and you can see the pianos and you see the, the, the extraordinary technology that Spurio is when you mentioned about the piano playing itself. I, you know, I did a few Instagram stories saying that isn't this the most splendid jukebox you've ever seen in the world, where the piano mm. is literally playing by itself your favourite songs or um, you know compositions from from pianists that have actually recorded for the Spirio. That in itself was a, an extraordinary experience. But to have Vincent Corva, as you say, play experimental sort of atmospheric tracks with the images on the huge screen and then the Steinway uh, Model D speakers with a backing track, it was a really intimate experience for, you know, only, what, 25, 30 guests. Uh, and I think, um, and to meet the the, the heads um, of the technology, you know, to actually meet Peter Lingdorf himself was just extraordinary. And I think it, it was one of those things where because people sort of already knew one another, um, to have personal invitations and to make those introductions that it felt like that this is a really special gathering. We had a lot more opportunity to actually talk to one another and, and, and learn and gain from one another um, for and also for sort of potential collaborations. So I think that was, it was a fantastic event. Um, and one, one of those things that you weren't really quite sure what to expect, but you knew it was going to be special, but maybe you weren't sure how special it would be until the yeah. end of the evening. Yeah, totally. And then it, <clears throat> it's really interesting because um, for me, what I'm realizing when I go to these these things, and in fact, actually, when I'm in any environment where it's not, you know, people aren't meeting me because, you know, they're there to get clothes and get measured up and so on. It's they don't know what I do. It's, you know, you're with a bunch of people, whatever. But the interesting thing I find is that after after you know, you kind of do initial introductions and I don't say, hi, I'm Roberto Rivilla from Roberto Rivilla London. I'm a tailor. I just say, hi, I'm Roberto or I'm Bobby or whatever. Um, and eventually, obviously, they... Because then I'll start asking them questions about what they do and so on. And then eventually they will ask me the inevitable, and what do you do? What brings you here? And obviously everyone there pretty much was connected with music or Steinway or Lingdorf in some way or Vincent... Um, and obviously I wasn't. So as soon as I said, well, actually, you know how a lot of guys either don't like shopping for clothing or they just find it really difficult to find stuff that fits them. I make clothes. I solve those problems. I'm a tailor. And then it's like they look at me and they stand back and the penny drops and they look me up and down. They're like, oh, <laughs> I mean, you made me feel really self-conscious when I got there. In a good way, I hope. Yeah, well, I mean, you looked really good because you'd made a lot of effort. You're wearing a really nice three-piece with, you know, a knit tie and all of that. And I was pretty much wearing the same thing. But then you, you kind <laughs> of looked like I'd taken the jam right out of your donut when I turned oh, up. Oh, you were, you were sort of preening yourself there. And, uh, <laughs> and then I walked up and said hi. And, and then you turned around and you were just like, I'm just going to go home now. <laughs> I don't think I didn't look that much better than you. I'm going to put it up on the Instagram. That's at Tailoring Talk Podcast, people. Follow me on Instagram, please. Um, I'll put it up on the Instagram feed and everybody can have a little gander and a little vote. But I don't think I look that much better than you. No, dude, you looked incredible. It's one of those moments where you imagine it's a, a, um, a TV episode and, you know, you're there mingling with guests and, you, you know, you, you've made an effort. You, you know, think you've dressed pretty dapper. And then suddenly in walks in 
the dude and then the camera pans to the shoes and then goes up the suit and, and you know, looks at various details. You looked fantastic. And I think coming back to the whole thing about turning up to networking events and things, look, you're there to make an impression. And um, you jokingly said, you know, we were talking about what we're going to wear and things. And, and you sort of jokingly said, well, look, you, you're not... I, I'm just going to look awesome. You're not going to look as good as me, but this is what I'd suggest. Oh, it was when you were asking me if you should wear a tie or yeah. not. <laughs> and so when you walked in, I thought, oh, this is this just looks awesome. And it's about making those impressions that, you know, uh, you look like you've made an effort, however easy or difficult it was for you, but you've made the impression. And, pe- and it's long-lasting. People are going to know that guy dressed like the Max, he's made an impression and any sort of TV show you're talking about, particularly where guys wearing suits, you know, men and women dressing up, take suits as an example. You know, Harvey Specter is Harvey Specter because he looks like Harvey Specter. Uh, and what does that mean? Well, you, you look at the tailoring, you look at the suits that he's wearing, um, and purposely all the other actors um, are not given clothes that look like that on the show. So mm. it's that impression that he makes. When you walked in, I thought, yeah. This guy's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> what, in a very proud way? Or Absolutely. A, oh, it, it was an yeah. absolute pleasure. Um, and it's so, you know, and you, and you feel good that, yeah, my friend's a tailor. Look at how he dresses. And it gives that impression. And, and I think it's incredibly important, um, particularly when you're going to something that's fairly auspicious. Um, I think it's good. You've, you've made an effort. You've made an impression. And, and it should reflect your character. I think it's important, especially when you're a little bit more introverted like I am, to look, you know, I know I always say I just threw this on um, and you know it's not true. So, you know, truth time now um, for us and our listeners. But I do think about what I'm going to wear and I look at potentially where I'm going, my audience for the day and so on, and I do dress accordingly. Um, and especially where it's an environment where I know that I'm going to feel quite uncomfortable, I will obviously make even more effort and be very careful with my choices because what I want to try and do is um, compel people to come up to me and actually make the first move, like want to come up to me. Um, And generally, if I'm in a room and... There are, a lot of the other guys aren't going to be as well-dressed. They might be wearing suits, but they're usually not tailored or they're tailored really badly. By the way, you looked fantastic that evening. You look at some of the photos that I took of you. Again, I should, I'll put them up on, on, the, on the podcast Instagram, but you look so good. You really look so well put together. You look like someone that people would want to go and talk to and be hanging out with. And and so basically that's what I try to do. It's to compel people to want to, you know, either come up to me or at least look at me from across the room and wonder, um, maybe ask someone else about me or something. Mm-hmm. The problem then is that I then go into internal mode and I don't actually look at what's going on because because um, your, your buddy Imran was saying, like, I had people looking at me from across the thing and I didn't even realise. <laughs> <laughs> But but the way you dress can do that, you know. Um, and you know, I think when people meet me, maybe the first time, they their impression of me is that I'm a lot more confident than I actually am. 
But that's what fascinates me about clothes, that, you know, you dress in a certain way, you can do certain things with clothes that will change people's perception about you. And that's what I try to do for my clients, you know. It's always one of the questions I always ask them when I start working with them the first time for day-to-day attire is, how do you want the world to see you? Mm-hmm. How, how, you know, how do you either want to project your personality or distort it? I mean, that's quite so interesting. For me, it's, so for me, it's about distortion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I mean, it's interesting when you talk about the inward um, and sometimes how the clothing may not reflect the inward state, but um, it, it's using clothing and fashion as a particular statement. Um, you sent me a, a video for one of your clients who I think recently got married and it was their sort of trailer for their wedding video. Um, yeah, we won't say who it was because I actually haven't asked permission to use that yet. Oh, right, okay. So, <laughs> I uh, to, yeah, I've I, got the guy's details. I need to WhatsApp him, but uh, I don't know if there's going to be a licensing deal. But I was going to post it on Instagram, uh, and then I just thought I'd better just check, and I did, and I need to get in touch with the videographer. But anyway, it looked it was like it looked like the trailer for a rea- an American reality show. Didn't it, it did. It, it, it was did. amazing. And I just thought, you know, testament and, and congratulations to you, just to be to be associated with I dressed the groom and when you watch the video it's like wow <laughs> he looks you know, so good right he's a handsome guy but the the suit he's wearing he just looks stunning and yeah. you think wow now that is incredible and if and if your remit is listen I, I I want you to design me something to make me not just look but I want to feel a million dollars I want to feel on top of the world I just want to feel good about myself that the power of how you dress someone to translate into that I think is incredible and yeah. as I said, when you walked in to the Stonewren's Sun showroom, I thought, look, the pianos are gorgeous, but hey, the limelight has entered onto this guy's walked in <laughs> uh, and he looks impeccable. And it's a testament to what you do. So I have to congratulate you for that. Yeah, and it's it's really funny because I think that's what you've just said there probably reinforces the way that I see the penny dropping for people when they then actually find out what I do after we've been hanging out for 10 minutes and they're still wondering, they haven't been able to ask the question because I've just been talking and then they ask it and then I tell them and then they're like, oh, okay, now it, now everything makes sense. And I think coming back to Tyler's podcast with you, the whole thing about the introductions and networking, isn't that such a powerful moment? The fact that you've not had to introduce yourself, this is what I do and are you interested and blah, blah, blah. You, you know, you've already got the person's interest at the beginning and they don't even know what you do yet. And then it's just layer upon layer. And then when the penny drops, it yeah. it's, has a lot more impact. The, the thing people find most interesting when you're in a conversation with them is when they're able to talk about themselves because that's what we all love to do. Mm-hmm. We're, our, we're, we're human beings. We're our own favorite subjects. Um, so, so that's why I kind of... It's partly because, and I talked about this probably in the episode with Tyler, that I like asking questions because it gets them talking and takes the pressure off me to talk about myself. Um, I can't remember what the point of was what I was about to say, but you you get it. Um, Yeah, I can't remember. It's just gone out of my head. Problem is, I've got... (laughs) Now my cat started. This is ridiculous, honestly. Everything's going out the window now. Now my cat started... The dogs have now settled down because I was glaring at them earlier and they I think they've got the message. But but yeah, now that the cat is threatening to launch straight over 
from the kitchen counter to the table where my iPad is. So this could go this could go really wrong any second. Oh, this should be anyway, yeah. So I th- I, th- I think it also helped um, going to that event off the back of that Tyler episode and having listened to it mm-hmm. as an audience member myself and taken so many notes from that. It really gave me a lot of confidence. Did you? Have you found the same since that you've been able to take some of those lessons and actually put them into practice in some of the events that you've been to? So I think having listened to it first, there's a few new sort of concepts in there. So again, like yourself, I'm going to have to revisit and hone hone in on some of the more um, pertinent points and then take that on board before I go to another random sort of networking event. Um, But he he was very, very charismatic, really, um, really on the ball. Um, Mm. Everyone should should listen to that podcast. Um, So coming back to... The, the event that I didn't go to, it'd be really interesting to hear your experiences. Oh, well, so this was the following evening. Um, so I joined Founders Club um, in December. And basically Founders Club is, uh, it'll eventually be capped, but it's a club full of specially selected, like-minded kind of entrepreneurs. So some of the kind of patrons or ambassadors to the club are kind of renowned Asian businessman like Atul Couture of Benares and um, I can't remember his first name but Mr Singh who owns like a bunch of fancy hotels in central London and so on and then the membership group are made up of basically self-starters entrepreneurs who are at different stages of their journeys it wouldn't surprise me if by this time in about a year I'll have had almost every single one of them on this podcast. <laughs> but um, Founders Club was founded by um, actually a very old friend of mine. We were best friends at infant and primary school, Kalpesh Patel, or at Mr. KP36 on Insta. And Kalps um, is a marketer and a brilliant one at that. And I mean, he is a, what he doesn't know about marketing. Um, you could write on the back of your little finger. Uh, he's absolutely incredible. And he and I, we lost touch when we left primary school pretty much. Um, cause then we kind of went separate ways, education wise and in life. And we kind of reunited probably about four or five years ago when I met someone through someone else who was running Porsche center in Reading. And he said, um, he said, there's someone that you should actually meet at Asian Wealth magazine. And, you know, he kind of reminds me, you remind you remind me of each other for some weird reason I can't put my finger on. So um, he set up a meeting and it was at the Savoy. Um, and I was sat there waiting and Calps walked in. We locked eyes and obviously recognized each other immediately. Because uh, even though, you know, 25 odd years had passed... You know, your eyes don't change, right? Uh, Apparently, I still look the same anyway. Uh, Just I had hair back then. Um, And, uh, you know, it's like Calps. And he's like, yeah. It's like Bobby. I was like, yeah. It's like, what the hell are you doing here? It's like, I think I'm meant to be meeting you. And he's like, yeah, I'm meeting you as well. It's like, wow. And then we just hugged. And we kind of kept in touch since. We weren't weren't able to do anything while Calps was running Asian Wealth Mag because I wasn't at the right stage in my journey. But... um, Uh, but Founders Club he started last year and I was just watching with interest because you know it kind of coincided with you and I talking about 
you know, how we develop our businesses further and, you know, we need to sort of meet new people as much as we can and do all this networking stuff and so on. And, you know, 2022 is going to be the year that we get out of our comfort zones mm-hmm. and actually do those things, especially for me, it's a huge deal because I just never have done those things before. And I, I just looked at what Kelts was doing with Founders Club and looked at kind of, they, they've got about 120 members at the moment. And I just was looking through the roster of members and I was just thinking, do you know what? These are all people I want to hang out with. So when, um, so I, I messaged him and then someone from the membership team got in touch with me before Christmas. And honestly, Artif, it was like a 15 second decision. I mean, normally I wouldn't, join something like that without really carefully considering it for a, a, a length of time. But this was like, I want in. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I want to be hanging out with those guys and girls. So um, so the, the Thursday night event was a sort of meet and greet, which was for members, but also some people who weren't members had been invited. There were people that just wanted to kind of see what the club was all about. And it was at the May- Mayfair Hotel bar. So the environment wasn't one that I'm entirely comfortable with, if I'm quite honest, because it was a roped-off area of the Mayfair Hotel bar, and it was very loud, and it's a Thursday night in the West End. Uh, COVID restrictions have just been put in the bin a few days before, (laughs) so it was back to normal. It was heaving, which was kind of really nice to see in itself, but it it's not an environment I feel comfortable in because again, like the art gallery thing we went to in, in November, it was very loud and I really do have problems hearing people. Mm -hmm. Um, But from the moment I walked in, uh, it also helped that I trod on someone's foot because I'm so clumsy, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I, my, I lost my voice by the end of the, my voice was going within two hours I just spoke to and met so many people and just made so many great connections. And there were two large differences there. I think number one was that the people that were there, we were all part of the same thing. We were all members of this thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, everyone was kind of just looking at each other, locking eyes and then saying, hi, I'm, hi, I'm Roberto. Hi, I'm, and then just getting into a conversation and the natural thing was how long have you been a member and of course the club's only been going for just over a year so no one's really been a member for that long but I was a baby because it was my first event and um, then KP came over and we hugged and then he he's already been thinking about my business so he'd already earmarked specific people that he wanted me to make sure I went mm-hmm. and spoke mm-hmm. to. So he was very, very good at giving me instructions and saying, you need to speak to, you need to speak to, or getting um, some of the other members um, and saying to them, can you, you know, if he saw me talking to someone that knew someone he wanted me to connect with, like, for example, there's a photographer, Rory, that he really wants me to, to start doing some stuff with. Um, and so I was talking to Mira, who's an amazing makeup artist, and Mira works with Rory. And so KP sort of was talking to someone else, and then he caught me and Mira talking to each other. So he sort of quickly dashed over, and he said, Mira, take Bobby and go and introduce him to Rory, like now, um, because this is something that we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. tomorrow, because I was meeting up with him the next day. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, it was great. I mean, you know, I, I've made some 
really great connections. I mean, again, it's people that I know that I'm going to see again because we're part of this same thing. And it, you know, it, it's just people who, who kind of get it. They get mm. the entrepreneur self-starter struggle and some of them are super successful they've sold businesses started new businesses they're running multiple business and some of them are they've only just started in the last year or two so they're kind of on the way up some people who are in the middle like me that have hit a plateau and kind of aren't sort of sure what numbers in the combination lock or which side of the rubik's cube i need to put together next so that i can then unlock the next level Mm -hmm. Um, but it just feels like such a, a nurturing environment. And there were people from all over the UK. I mean, one guy I was talking to was a property investor from Manchester who also his other business was uh, in Asian jewellery, but bespoke. Um, and uh, I think that's a family business that's been sort of passed down through a couple of generations and now it's with him. Um, but he, yeah, he'd come all the way down from Manchester. So there were people from all over the country as well. I, th- I thought it'd be a really, really good environment for you. Um, so yeah, I, I had just the best, I had the best time. Like I meant to go for like an hour and then I was just going to sneak out, but I couldn't sneak out. And, you know, I was there in the end, I was there for about two and a half hours. I lost track of time. I could have stayed longer. Um, but um, yeah, and I couldn't sneak out. It was one of those where I, you know, I had to go and say goodbye to the people that I'd been chatting to. Uh, and, you know, I, I'll, I'll see, I'll, obviously I'll see them again, but I made a point of then writing to the people that I, I'd had long conversations with the next morning to say thank you. It was really good to meet you um, and to connect with them on LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff. But I think there's going to be quite a few people I'll be collaborating with out of that not necessarily as them as my client, but certainly they're in, uh, you know, like Rory, you know, photography, etc. That's something that I've I've really got to look at quite carefully for the business. There was another guy I met who's in social media marketing. Another another one that I met who's um, uh, um, what's a videographer, which is weird because I've been approached by a dozen videographers in the past week. But you know, it's everyone's got their own kind of it's like tailoring and everything else right everybody's got their own way of doing things and when you look at their their profiles i can quickly eliminate a lot of them mm-hmm, because it's mm-hmm. not right for for what i envisage etc anyway i'm rambling on i'm so sorry just proving my point from earlier that humans like talking about themselves <laughs> but yeah it was really really good and i think the fact that i've been banging on about it for so long means that it was genuinely oh, really good. amazing i had such a great time I mean, that's a sign of a, a really successful event. And there's a few key elements that you mentioned there. Your host who had that nurturing sort of personality, um, you're taking you and actually having taking the time to understand your business and out of respect, introducing to key people that could help you out. I think that that's a really, really important thing. Uh, and again, um, it's part of a, a global supportive um how can I put it? I'll have to edit this bit in a bit, but it's having no, that maybe... it's having that sense of um, um, togetherness where you're not just yeah. in it for yourself. You know, I get a huge buzz from uh, getting other people to network with one another. And if I'm thinking this person should be that person, they could really do something quite creative. Mm-hmm. That gives me a buzz 
and sometimes it's not all of, it's not all about what am I going to get out of this um it's just that those elements that something may be fruitful later on in life but you are part of something bigger than that and I think that yeah. that's the key element yeah it's um you know some of the conversations I was having because you know you talk about why you joined with people that you meet and I was really honest with them I was just like look do you know what I'm at the stage now where you know, I think we've got the branding right and our service offer- offering has never been better because we've expanded the range significantly because of COVID and all of that. Um, but the problem now is that the weight of everything is on my shoulders. I'm doing every job in a business that normally at the size we're at and the turnover that we do would possibly be somewhere between three to seven, eight, nine, ten 10 employees. Yeah, I've got everything on my shoulders and obviously Carolina with, with the, the other half that she does. And something's got to give. I'm getting burnt out. And also the nature of our business with the pandemic has changed slightly as well. The, the pandemic has adjusted things. And um, I'm trying to put some new order into what I do. And because I'm so busy dealing with current reality, which is I'm in my business and my business is literally enveloping me like it's I've got my head is underwater it's very difficult for me to get my head above water to really see what's going on and to actually run my business rather than constantly I'm working in it and part of that also is um it's I'm at the stage now where I know that I need to set very clear boundaries between me and my clients. And the problem with that is that, again, it's a sort of, um, it's a paradoxical situation, if that's the correct word, I don't know. But, you know, my whole business has been about tailoring for each individual that I look after and having a policy of, of not saying no, if I can help it. But in order to grow, I now need to start saying no to people. So I don't work weekends. I don't do Fridays in town because Fridays are my catch up day and my, you know, my day to run the business and to meet with other founders to, you know, do all of that nurturing stuff and share ideas and learn and educate myself and so on. Um, You know, I, I need to reduce the home visits I'm doing. I shouldn't be doing home visits for less than a certain value uh, and so on and so forth. Um, there are certain clients that I probably will need to let go um, sooner rather than later. Um, but when you're the, the the thing about Founders Club, and I'm sure there are many other clubs that are very similar to it, um, is it's just really nice when you're on this journey, it can be very, very lonely. And it's just nice to have other people around you that get it. And that was one of the things that was coming up in the conversation where I was saying, this is the stage that I'm at and I don't know quite where to go next. And at the same time as I said this, they, the other person I was talking to basically said exactly the same words at the same time. I need help. I need help. Um, and because everybody's in the same boat and that actually the weight that has been crushing my shoulders for so long got alleviated a little bit on Thursday night because I suddenly realized I was in a room full of people bar one or two exceptions because you always get one or two 
they'd just been at the bar very early. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I knew that I was in a room full of people who were going to help me to potentially move forward to the next level. I think that's incredibly important. And it's surrounding yourself, whether it's at an event like that and in your personal life and in business in general, just filter out the crap. <laughs> There's so many yeah. people who who are, are negative or jealous and they'll, they'll bring you down. Um, and I think as as time goes on, both in life and through business, you start becoming a bit more aware of these type of people and certain situations where you can really start making decisions as to, you know, you're positive in my life and you're going to be a positive impact on me, whether it's my business life or family. Uh, whereas, you know, this person's a complete distraction, very negative, and they're going to bring me down. And I think getting the balance right between your productivity in business and, and your personal life, I think it's so important. And mm. a lot of us you know, make the mistake of, of ignoring that aspect because they're so hungry to get the business to grow. Whereas in fact, because they're losing themselves in that, that it's those elements that make up your personality and make up your passion that start becoming affected. And when that happens, it'll ultimately have a negative impact on your business. So yeah, yeah getting that balance is so important. Yeah. And a lot of us, especially someone like me is from a sales background. I remember one of the companies I used to work for, um, used to always talk about sharpening your axe or sharpening your sword um, and taking the time to do that out of your business. Um, because if you were chopping a tree with a blunt axe, you could be there forever and you wouldn't get any result. Whereas if you just taken some time out to sharpen your axe, you could probably fell that tree in a matter of minutes. And And it's so true with when you're running your own business and you're on your own, it, taking that time out is really, really important. I mean, I was saying to Kelps on Friday morning, like, because <clears throat> we were just going through my business and I was just like, do you know, I almost feel like I've got, I know what I need to do. I've got that list, but I almost feel like I need to shut my business down for like two to four weeks and just take myself out of it. Just shut it and say, sorry, like I can't serve anyone until next month and just, take the time out to do that work. And I don't know if, because you only started your business at the beginning of this hell show called uh, COVID. <clears throat> I don't know if you're even at that kind of feeling at that stage yet, but it is, if you're not, it is going to come. Yeah, I think uh, I'm probably a, f a few steps behind that. I'm at the, this moment in time where we're having a steady influx of inquiries. They're manageable. Uh, I've got a wonderful associate um, who does my design and installation work, mm -hmm. uh, Kane Pritchett from Vertis Integration and his partner, Andy. Um, and they're absolutely brilliant. And we're at a stage where we can manage the workload. You know, I'm still working my GP sessions, uh, balancing family life. All of it's sort of all sort of working okay. But I, 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 I'm very aware of the situation where suddenly the inquiries may start getting ridiculous and we start falling behind on um, actually delivering installations. Uh, and I think it's at that point where you just have to be acutely aware of, of the, how the situation turns and, and being able to get the support and the help that you need before you get overwhelmed. So I wasn't laughing at you. It's just my <laughs> bank. The Bengal cats just, it's, it is like a zoo in my house, right? <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> it's just one after the other.
So uh, um, nobody can see this, but my Bengal cat, Jessie, has just literally just walked in front of the camera. So I picked cute. her up and she's just jumped onto my shoulder. So she's just kind of rustic. This could go either way, Asif. Either <laughs> she's just going to sit here calmly until we finish this episode off. Absolutely. Or she's going to rip my ear off. So it could go either way. But no, and, and I think along, <clears throat> along this journey, half it's, um, you know, you've got to have fun. You've got to enjoy mm. what you're doing. And, and you know, sometimes some of these networking events, yeah, I don't, I don't take them seriously. I, I go in, um, yeah, I like, I like to dress up, like to make a bit of an effort because it makes me feel good. And you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. Um, and part of it's having fun. So, yeah, if you can take a comrade along with you, it, it helps break the ice. Um, but you, you're there to sort of enjoy the event, enjoy the evening. Um, a, a friend of mine, uh, Naeem Hashemi, um, He's uh, they him and his partner own um, some contemporary furniture shops. They're having a new opening in Birmingham um, mm-hmm. in the jewelry quarter in a couple of weeks. Um, and as a favour to him, I said, you know what, for your launch party, I'll, I'll DJ for you. Um, that's something that I find fun. It's a hobby of mine, um, but it's my contribution to making that launch party a success. Um, and. You know, I, I know a few interior designers. I'd like to meet more interior designers. I'd like to meet potential um, similar clients who I know mm-hmm. are going to be at that, uh, at that event. So it's it's all about, what, you know, what can you contribute to another person's event sometimes rather than turning up and saying, well, what am I going to get out of this? And, it, it, yeah. it, you know, it all helps. I think any any of those situations, your your intent is so important. And having the, you hit the nail on the head there, and I think Tyler may have touched on it, um, but ice is certainly something that I be, I truly believe in. There was one guy on Thursday night in the Mayfair Hotel who was coming to check the club out and to see whether it's something he wanted to join, and it was an elderly guy, and he he kind of was sort of looking around. Turns out, actually, he'd put his wine glass down, and then one of the staff had taken it, and he was looking for his wine, but he kind of sort of locked eyes with me and someone else that I was talking to. But naturally, you know, I said to him, hi, how are you? I'm Roberto. This is whoever I was with. I think it was Bavik. And um, who's an amazing singer, by the way. Um, And this guy basically started to pitch. So he, he did something to do with zoom like the next level of zoom calling and teams calling with like interactive screens and stuff but he actually had a binder and he said well let me show you what i do because it's easier and then he literally started to kind of pitch and i immediately i didn't realize at first but physically i took a step back from him now the problem here is that i had a pillar behind me so i didn't really have much stepping back (laughs) I mean, I literally became... Do you remember that video? Uh, what was it? Gopher or whatever. Uh, someone that I used to know. Yeah. And dun, 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 dun. Brilliant dance you know, track. Video? Yeah, and he, he blends into the kind of wall and because uh, it's about the deterioration of a relationship. I mean, this wasn't a relationship, obviously, but I'm just saying I felt like I was in that video because I was part of this bit, literally within five minutes, I was part of this damn pillar. I'd backed into it so far. And then I was looking around and I was like, sugar, it's my first event. I wish I knew people here. 
Because, cause like, if you'd been with me, I would have been texting you, like, do you know what I mean? Like, hey, Siri, tell Artif, get me the F out of here. Like, come and rescue me. But he, and, and, and he kept leaning in. So the more I moved back, he then, he wouldn't, he wouldn't leave that space alone. He kept coming into me, stepping into me. And I was just like, and then I was like, I was like, oh, maybe your wine glass is over there. Or maybe you could just go and get like, go, go, like, leave me alone. Someone wrote. And then in the end, I think it was Ruchira. She came and rescued me in the end. Um, or it might have been Mira. But someone rescued me. And then KP cut in and said, I need you to go and meet Rory. And I was like, thank God for that. Because in no- normal circumstances, like, oh, you want me to meet someone? I'm so nervous. But I didn't have time. Oh. All the, like, the pain of staying there was less than me having to go and introduce myself to someone because I'd just been told to. Oh, wow. Blimey. But anyway, the point, <laughs> was, the, the point is, I think, if you're going to any kind of networking event, the worst thing you can do is start selling. Yeah. It's the worst thing you can do. You know, you kind of, through the course of conversation it will come up what you do you might ask the other person what brings them there and what they do and if what they do is something that you're interested in then you can ask them more about it and if what you do is more is something that they're interested in then they'll ask you more about it and that's okay but to step in on someone straight away after being introduced and to start pitching to them is a real turn off a real, real turn off. And I think you're absolutely right. It's more important to go and just go with the intent of having a good time. And, you know, maybe you make some connections, maybe you don't. But the the main thing is that you come away from there and say, at least I had a good time. Anything else is a bonus. And I think if you go in with yeah. that attitude, you will end up having a good time and you will actually make some really valuable connections. I completely agree with you. And I think that's why when we were going to London, first thing we did was, you know what, book a place for dinner. Because if everything goes pear-shaped, you know what, at least we're going to enjoy food together. You've got that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's it. So, uh, so yeah, that's, I know it was good. I mean, the next morning, because it was London Fashion Week, we had there was a Founders Club breakfast for the fashion founders, which was only five of us. Um, and that was really nice and intimate. And one of the ladies is a, a personal image consultant, which is perfect, you know, for me. Um, another one, she's just started her boutique in, well, actually two years running now, but she's got a ladies boutique in Marlebone High Street. So I'm actually going to visit her on uh, Tuesday. It's Hetal Patel, the owner of Vi, V-A-L. AI you can check it out on Instagram her her work is amazing she just makes most beautiful ladies clothes um and uh Tash I can't remember his real name but his name's Tash he's he's like a fashion con- consultant uh, and he does he's got his fingers in all sorts of pies and uh but yeah he's called Tash because of his Tash because he's got a really cool you know the whole full yeah, yeah, beard yeah. with the curly Tash um because then I said to him, what's your real name? And he told me, it begins with A, but I couldn't remember. And then I was joking with him because I said, yeah, I'd have made that link eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really good. It was a really good morning. We just had a really good, just a really nice, intimate little time with like-minded people in the same industry, but doing things where we could probably all help each other out. So that was really cool as well. 
so yeah, you need to you need to get in on this. We'll talk about it offline. Uh, I'm not going to accost you in front of a whole audience full of people. <laughs> um, so um, you are going to be back. Um, do you know what? Actually, before that, Artif, I know you're going to agree with this, and then I can edit this out if you don't. Um, but I want—I think we're going to do something really special for Tailoring Talk listeners. Um, so, if you guys and girls, so you remember that Artif is um, involved with Steinway Lingdorf, uh, Lingdorf Audio Systems, and Miller and Chrysler and all these other high-end audio-visual brands. So if you're curious about all these wonderful systems, um, I'm going to say that Artif is offering to host you and up to five guests for an exclusive day out at one of Zebra Home Cinema's demo rooms. Uh, There's one in Aston, up in the Midlands, and there's another one down in near Hampshire. I've been there. Where was it? So Rob's the one in the West Midlands is in Sutton Coldfield, so in Little Aston. Okay, well, yeah, same thing. And then up we, north, up north, uh, no, yeah, north of London. And then we have um, one of the finest demo facilities in the UK at um, Gecko Home Cinema in Thatcham, which is in Berkshire. In Berkshire, uh, we have a demo room in Cheltenham, in Gloucestershire. Yeah, and then we have access to some other. Absolutely superb demo facilities at Pult Cinema and uh, Habitech. Um, th- th- there's quite a few places uh, dotted mainly in the southeast um, where you've got just incredible uh, home cinema facilities um, and media rooms. And uh, yeah, get in touch and uh, let- let's make it happen. Yeah, so that's how we're going to do it, right? So you up to five guests, exclusive day out of one of Zebra Home Cinema's uh, demo rooms up and down the country. All you have to do is contact Artif directly at the following email address: Artif, that's A T I F, at zebrahomecinema.com, or follow and then drop him a direct message on Instagram at at Zebra Home Cinema. And make sure you mention Tailoring Talk when you connect with him. Artif, thank you so much for joining me once again. Have you had a good time? It's always a pleasure. We've got so much to discuss. And you know, one podcast probably doesn't do it justice. And so I look forward to several more, um, sharing more experiences. Yeah, definitely. Um, And uh, you will, like James Bond, return to Tailoring Talk in the near future. Speaking of James Bond, you do not want to miss the next episode. It's a bumper review of the second Bond movie from Russia with Love as Philip Rahman and I continue the Tailoring Talk Bondathon. We're also joined by some very special guests for that episode and it actually turns into a bumper one. So please remember to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And I will see you on the next one. <laughs> do people actually like the Tony Montana thing? Have we have any, do we get any comments? I think they do.